Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. We're going to carry on our series, our Recalibrate series. Um, To recalibrate means to adjust the way we think and do things. So the question we're asking is, where in my life do I need to recalibrate to God? We've covered a number of topics. We started with reclaiming worship. We talked about adjusting our worship to expressing heartfelt thanks to God no matter what we're doing and no matter how we say things. Um, And it doesn't have to just be singing um, and, and celebrating in worship like we do at church and music. The other area is regaining perspective. We talked about adjusting to heaven adjusting to eternity and the unseen because we so easily focus on earth. We focus on the here and now. We focus on the scene. We talked about rediscovering our joy. We need to adjust our focus on how God sees in our our present trials and realize that he's bringing maturity to our faith. He's bringing perseverance to our faith even though times are difficult. And then last week was reestablishing peace, where we talked that peace is possible amidst the storms in our life as we adjust our trust, as we adjust our thought life, and as we adjust our view of God to make that number one and not to fall down the list um, in our lives, which can so easily happen. So in regards to that, just a little check-in. How did you do last week taking some time with some of the questions that I gave you, questions that got you thinking about what you're really trusting in, where your thought life is, and where your view of God is. I hope this last week you experienced some of his shalom peace as you did that. And I want to encourage you to take the time to be with him. You know, there's no shortcuts in this Christian life other than spending that time with him. And so I just want to keep encouraging you to move closer in your relationship with God and not let some of these external things distract you from spending time with him. As we continue on in our series, we go back to our banner verse and we're going to double click on another area that Paul is emphasizing here with his final words to the Corinthians. Let's take a look at it together. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, okay, he's getting to the end. These are his final words. Finally, brothers and sisters, remember we're family. Rejoice, joy, we talked about joy. Strive for full restoration. That's where we get the word to recalibrate. Encourage one another, remember that one. Be of one mind, live in peace, Shalom, and the God of love and peace will be with you. This morning, we're going to talk about encouraging one another. How many of you could use a little encouragement this morning out there? Mark Twain said, I can go two months on a good compliment. And he kind of upped it and he said, I can go two weeks without food on a good compliment. How about that one? Any of you, especially those of you that like to eat out there. Well, encouragement is so vital 
to our Christian life. Sometimes we kind of simplify it and minimize this idea of encourage one another, but Paul is emphasizing it as some of the final things he wants to leave with these Corinthian believers. And we need to do the same, especially during some of the difficult times that we are in. We not only need encouragement, but we need to be reminded to encourage one another. So before we double click on this area and look at a passage in Hebrews about encouraging one another, I wanna share a little bit of context of Hebrews with you this morning. You see, this book is coming out of a people that is suffering. They're first century Christians, they know hardship, and they know difficulty. It isn't, isn't it helpful when we know someone who's gone through difficulty, especially situations that we've gone through when we're going through a hard time. I remember a, an athlete at Athletes in Action, we were working the snack stand up there by the soccer fields and, and we just got talking as we're selling, you know, Snicker bars and popcorn and stuff like that. And we both connected on this idea as we were sharing our stories that we both lost a brother. And it was just like, whew, just brought us close together because we knew, both of us knew what that was like. And that's one reason why I'm sharing this context of Hebrews. Like they know difficult times. We're going through difficult times. They went through severe persecution, unlike Many, any of us, I think, that are going through here. And not only were they going through persecution, but they were dealing with two government systems. Think about that. I mean, how many of you are a little fed up with our government system right now and all that's going on? What if we had two of them? So they've got the Jewish government. They don't like these Christians. In fact, they didn't even call them Christians early on. They called them the people of the way. And they, and they said, this is a cult. It's pulling away from Judaism. So you got that going on. And then on the other side, you got the, the Roman government system. And they're fierce. I mean, they, they took care of the Christians. They really, really persecuted them severely. So they're having to deal with both of these difficult government systems. Let's, let's take a little snapshot. Let's take a little look at what this looked like for these Hebrew believers. Hebrews 10, 32 through 34. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. These new believers knew suffering. They know the public ridicule. They were thrown in jail. Suffering was the waters that they swam in. And the history books paint even a more graphic picture. In fact, you can even look more into Hebrews 11 to see 
some of the, the devastating things that some of these believers went through. But if you want to look into the history books of what was going on, especially on the Roman government side, just Google Nero and think of the Joker from Batman because this guy was insane as an emperor and treated the Christians fiercely. And this is the time, this is the time when Nero reigned in this world and was treating these uh, Christians this way. In fact, it's labeled in history as the first persecution. It got so much emphasis because of what happened. And I was thinking of getting into the details, but I didn't want to lose it because it's, it's some of that stuff just kind of, it kind of reinvigorates me because I realize the foundation of what we have in our faith, that many, many men and women have died very grotesque deaths for the name of Jesus. And I want to I I set that tray for us that, that's what's going on here in Hebrews. So this context is really, really important. These guys weren't living on easy street as Christians. And it's important because just in our own ways, things have been very, very difficult. So we're gonna go back just a few verses in Hebrews 10, 23 through 35, or 23 to 25, where we'll learn just how to best encourage one another. Let's take a look at this passage. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Powerful passage. This passage begins with a focus really similar to where we were last week in Isaiah on this whole area of trust. This first part in verse 23, I just want to set the stage here. It says, let us hold tightly. Let us hold tightly. We're going to get swayed. We're going to get thrown by the stuff in this culture and just different things that are going on in our personal lives. So we got to have a firm grip without wavering to the hope. What is this hope? The hope is that this hope that they're talking about is rooted in our belonging as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And it's not to be thrown by outward circumstances. Our hope is in this permanent belonging. It's not in outward circumstances. And then it goes on to say, for God can be trusted. We talked about that last week, to keep his promise. He's a promise keeper. He's faithful. He's reliable. Take some time, if you haven't done it in a while, to look back to to remember what God has done. Just to strengthen that area of his faithfulness in your life. It's so good and it's so encouraging. So this first part of this, of this passage focuses on this hope and this trust. The second part, and that's where we're gonna spend a lot of time this morning, focuses on reaffirming this need for encouragement in our lives, especially during difficulty. So the big idea this morning is encouragement 
is needed to keep us holding tightly to this hope, our permanent belonging in Christ and not holding on to any of these outward circumstances because that's what throws us. That's what throws us. See, we're family. Remember even back to that banner verse, we're brothers and sisters. Families draw together when it gets tough. We need each other. We gotta draw together. So how do we do this encouragement? Hebrews tells us that. It's gonna give us some characteristics, or I even call them nudges towards doing this encouragement because there's a reason why this is talked about. They weren't doing it. Whenever you see stuff in the Bible, those people weren't doing it, and that should show us as Christians we're gonna struggle with that. We're gonna struggle with encouraging one another, even though it's like, you know, duh, like we know that, but we need these reminders, and Hebrews gives us that. So the first characteristic, the first part of verse 24 says this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think. The first characteristic is we've got to be thoughtful in our encouragement. Let us think. What does that mean to be thoughtful? I looked at some of the other um, translations and they said, the, 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 the passion translation says this, discover creative ways. Be creative in your encouragement. The message says, be inventive and innovative in your encouragement. We do that really well in business and in industry. We're trying to really get good with that with vaccines and the, the whole medical scene right now with what we're going through. But we're being nudged to be inventive and innovative in our encouragement. And then the New, Interna New Inter International Version says, let us consider how to encourage. What if? Let me think about that. How can I best encourage someone? today. You know, Pastor Gill has shared with me many times that um, his love language doesn't fall specifically within the five love languages, um, although it's close to the one of encouraging words. He said, life, what really connects with my soul is thoughtful, encouraging words. And if you think about it, that's where we hit the bullseye with our encouragement. And sometimes we gotta take some time and keep, make it a little bit more of a priority to think through, how do I hit the bullseye with different people? Because we're all wired differently. And I wanna say, you guys as a church hit the bullseye for Pastor Gill with the drive-by 20th anniversary celebration. That just, that just fueled him. Our board did a great job in coming up with that for him, they, they gave it some thought. They were creative, especially in times like this, on how to show encouragement. Lindsay, our children's director, if you look, you know, we, we're, we're getting some kids, we're trying to encourage some kids to service but we don't have anything going in the kids' ministry right now. But she's gotten very creative. 
She's gone out to do family portraits for Mother's Day. She's invited um, fam- or kids to come in to um, color and do like coffee mugs and stuff like that for Father's Day. She did a, a popsicle drive where she went out to the kids and you know, brought popsicles to kids and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about. We got to get creative and innovative, especially when things begin to change. The foundations that we're used to begin to change. We got to get creative. And so that's been so exciting. And so let's, let's keep growing in this area. I think we're, we got some momentum as a church, but I want to just keep encouraging us to be thoughtful with our encouragement. The second characteristic that's talked about here is to be loving and good with our encouragement. Let's take a look at that last part of verse 23. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So encouragement needs to focus. The goal of our encouragement is just that, love and good works. That's the goal. That's what we're shooting for in regards to our encouragement. And we've talked a lot about that. We've talked a lot about that as a church to love each other well. We've talked about that with some of the restrictions and masks and physical distancing that to to love one another well is to follow these because we don't know what others are going through. We don't know how we're going to compromise someone to love God well, to love ourselves well, to love others well. Keep love the focus with our encouragement. You know, I've been reading a book, a historical book on the second and third century church. So Hebrews brings us into the first, but I've been reading a little bit down the line, like how did the church do as it continued on in its history, as it continued on throughout the book of Acts? And Some of the same things stayed with this church. Persecution stayed with this church. Suffering stayed with this church. But this author goes on to say something very intriguing was going on. In fact, they saw it the hallmark of that church. And he said, from the the earliest writings and the manuscripts that we have, this church really loved each other well. They loved each other well, even in times of martyrdom and death. And in this love, he goes on to say it was a a patient love. It, it, It waited and it sat with and it was with one another. And they did a really good job as believers loving each other first, caring for each other's needs. But then it went out. Then it went out, and this author says, evangelism wasn't what we kind of think about today, about sharing the gospel and really being good at sharing the gospel, and that's very important. But what attracted the non-believer was the love between believers. It was a head, there's a head tilt. They're like, what's going on over there? And then they began to see how they treated the unbelievers, especially those, and any of you that were at um, One Prayer or tuned into One Prayer, heard Taurus talk about the POWs. 
the prisoners, the poor, the orphans, the widows, the least of these. That second and third century church knocked it out of the park in those areas. And that caught the attention of unbelievers. And they're saying, what's going on here? I want to know more about that. I want to be a part of that. I feel as a church, when it comes to love and good deeds and keeping that the focus, we do a really, really good job. But I want to nudge us. I just want to nudge us in that area, especially some of us might get a little lax, might get a little forgetful to keep pursuing that as a goal. But I say that because I'm hearing a lot of cool stories, cool stories through our connection groups, cool stories from just individuals that are really loving each other well. Stories and connection groups where they're traveling through hardships together. They're dealing with cancer together. They're dealing with job loss together. They're dealing with strained family relationships together. They're dealing with divorce when it comes together. They're dealing with death when it comes together. Man, church, Grace Crossing, great job. As I was reflecting on this, I'll be honest and preparing, I got a little teary-eyed. I'm like, God, you have really blessed this church. And love is central to this church. And you even heard Megan talk about when there's love, there's vulnerability, and we can face shame. We can face the past. It doesn't overwhelm us. And so I just want to thank you um, for just how well you're doing in that area. And just a couple examples, and I'm not going to share names because I wasn't able to to, I, I heard some of these even yesterday in our Connection Group Coaches call, but um, there's a woman going through chemo, suffering, and then reaching out to encourage others, sending a text, sending a scripture, letting other people know that they're praying. I mean, that's next level encouragement because when you're going through a tough time, I mean, it feels like the walls are caving in. It's really hard to reach out. But that's what's happening here at Grace Crossing Church. There's another, another woman I know that is going through some physical and emotional hardships, but sees it a part of her ministry to write cards and continue to encourage people, wants to know who's hurting in the body of Grace Crossing Church so that they could send a card out to them, even though they are going through difficult times. So it's one thing to encourage when the sun is shining. It's another thing to encourage other people when it's dark and cloudy, when there's storms and they're severe. All it points to is God. Only, only God does that. God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, does that. So as a church, we're really strong here, but I want to keep encouraging us, as we see in Hebrews, to keep that our focus and keep doing it. Keep doing it. Not only is it blessing those in our church, but it's going to speak just like the second and third century church. It's going to speak out 
And people are going to be, it's going to be a magnet to Jesus of people drawing and wanting to know what's going on here at Grace Crossing Church. The third characteristic we see as we travel through these verses is uh, found here in Hebrews 10, 25. Next one, yes. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, not everybody, just some of them, but encourage one another, kind of that main idea. Third characteristic is encouragement needs to connect us. Needs to connect others, not push apart. So encouragement's got to be drawing together, unifying the church. As I mentioned earlier, the Jewish Christians were under intense suffering. And it was preventing them, as we see here, from assembling together, from being together. A lot of fear came in. Fear of the ultimate being killed that they experienced and, and they, they isolated. They drew in. They were scared. But the encouragement here is that we need to draw close even during those difficult times. And we're not just battling coronavirus and some of the racial issues and um, the political issues that can polarize. But above all that, there's an enemy. There's an enemy that wants to get us off over here and isolated. Just like in a wolf pack, if you can get them broken apart, it's easy prey. And that's why Hebrews is saying, uh-uh, don't, 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 don't go there. Don't, don't, don't go there. I know it feels like, you know, the normal thing to do here. I'm tempted to, to go. The, no, come on, come on back. Stay in the pack. Stay in the family. Don't get isolated. We need each other. We need to, just this encourages, even without, even without anything I've said. Just coming together sometimes, ah, I'm not alone in this. And many of you are finding creative ways to do this. I'm hearing, I, I know of the women's Bible study is meeting at a park and practicing physical distancing. And some of them are immune compromised, I know, which is like, wow. But they need, they need God's word. They need each other. They need the encouragement and prayer that's taking place there. Otherwise, I don't think these women would be showing up to there. And I, and I want to say, great job getting creative. Uh, our connection group, some of you are meeting, uh, doing some socials this summer. I know Intersect met uh, for one of the first times outside um, last week. And, and there's encouragement. There's encouragement that comes with that. I know Sunday morning, I, I talked a little bit about it, that it can feel a little different, a little weird, but we need to keep pushing out of our comfort zones, even though it's different and weird. It's different and weird for me. But I want to be together as a family. 
And I'm not saying, I know some need to be away. That's why we are doing the broadcast. I totally understand that. I'm not pushing back on that. But I, but I don't want us to lose this assembling together, this being close together. And even when it is on a broadcast, even when you're at home, prioritize that time together on a Sunday. Don't, don't let it slip. Don't get sloppy with sleeping in and watching it later. Prioritize it individually and as a family. Let's not even let that slip as we keep moving forward. We need each other. It strengthens our growth as believers. It drives fear away as we draw closer together. And it allows us to really love uh, one another and to be together to encourage each other. There's another obstacle to this assembling together, and I, I just touched on it, and that's some of the, the racial tensions that have mounted since George Floyd's death, which was just a travesty. And that's racial tensions pulling us apart. And, and I want to encourage us as a body. I mean, Taurus spoke to this too. If you haven't, I don't even know if it's still uh, available to watch, but he spoke to this, saying that Grace Crossing Church is ready for what we got going on right now. And if you think back, some of the series that we've done in both, small, uh, both connection groups and here at church, um, we did emotional, healthy spirituality. Like, like how to keep the heart the focus of this thing and how to handle conflict in difficult situations. We went through a series on oneness embraced. You guys have the books. I would say lean back into that because that's here. It's now. Let's even go further back. God and politics we talked about. If you need to go back to a series, but go back to what you learned so that it can do this with us, especially here in the family of God, because we got to get that right. And as a family, we need to remember that we're, we're, we're made up of different colors and different cultures. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. We are one. Let us value each other and care for each other in this area it's, it's really heightened right now in our culture. But we've talked about some of these things. We've gone through, lean in with brothers and sisters of color to have conversations or to let them know you care. I thought it was so cool that a, a connection group reached out to an African-American family in our church right when the whole George Floyd thing went down. And they just knew like, Wow, they gotta be, wow, they gotta be hurting. They gotta be, you know, what's going on? And they went and met with them and just were with them. And it, it meant the world to just draw close, to just pull together and not let everything swirl and wonder, but just 
love and move close. Remember, we're a family. God's called us to do it differently. We've been prepared for this. That doesn't mean it's not gonna still be messy and that we still need to grow, but but keep, keep drawing together on this. Seek to understand before being understood. We've talked about that. Draw close in relationship and and have conversations. Some of you are doing that and have done that. I just want to say, now's a really good time to draw close so we know and feel the love and the family of God around this issue. Because it can really serve, you guys. It can really serve, instead of pushing us, it can really serve to push us closer and to understand more and to learn how to love more. Well, the last characteristic is, in this encouragement, is to keep the focus on the eternal. Let's take a look at the last part of verse 25. It ends by saying, especially now, that the day of his return is drawing near. He's coming back, y'all. He's, how much, can I get an amen where you're just feeling like, when, come Lord Jesus. You know, with some of the stuff I'm talking about, it's like, oh Lord, can it be today? Can it be now? We gotta keep that in view because here's what it does. It allows us to realize this is not our home. Because we can get so tied into everything here. And this is not our home. Take a look at Hebrews 13, 14. That speaks to that. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. We're just renters here. We're, we're, 1 Peter 2.11 says we're foreigners. We're just, we're just passing through. I don't know if any of you have lived in a different country. I felt that way when we lived in Kazakhstan. This, this, this ain't my home. We're just, we're just passing through. We're temporary residents here on this earth. And we gotta remember that. We're still playing an away game. We aren't playing a home game here. We're gonna get a chance to play a home game. We're going to get a chance to to be in a home unlike we've ever dreamed. And it's going to be amazing. And it's going to, everything that we know is going to pale in comparison to that. So we got to keep that big picture in mind amidst all that's happening. And, And let us drive us to this. Like, man, I don't know when you're coming, Jesus, but I want to make sure I'm encouraging my brothers and sisters. I want to make sure that I'm drawing close and not not splitting and not isolating. It's helpful, this eternal perspective. So as we close, I got a challenge for you. I got a challenge for you to encourage one person here at Grace Crossing Church, I'm going to keep it simple. If you want to go two or three, that's okay. That's okay. But I'm going to keep it to one person this week. I want you to pray who the Lord lays on your heart. And then I want you to think about what you most appreciate about that person. 
And then I either want you to tell them in some way or show them with some action. And I want to encourage you to make it thoughtful, loving, a good work, that it draws and connects together, and that it's eternal. So this week, that's your challenge. Ask the Lord to help you in that. I'm going to do the same. We need to keep encouraging one another during these trying times that we're in. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you, even reflecting back to last week, that you are Jehovah Shalom, that you bring peace. And I think of you and the Holy Spirit, who's called the encourager, the encouraging one, and you know how much we need encouragement, and you want to use us as well to encourage one another. And I pray that your spirit would move upon us and bring the encouragement to where it is needed. Bring that fresh wind. Bring that cup of cold water in the places that need it. And use us as your hands and your feet and your voice to bring that encouragement in a needed place this week. And I pray even for the weeks to come. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.